Welcome back, PC Familia members and sports fanatics around the world. That's right. It is another episode of Press Coverage Sports brought to you by Persistence Media. I'm your host, Jason J. Seals-Holmes, and today's co-host will be joining us on the Mel Eats Hotline. Mel Eats is a meal prep service and is part of Persistence Foods Companies, and they provide nutritious and delicious meals with your macros laid out for you to help keep them gains or losses on point. They helped everybody out through the Keep Moving Challenge. So make sure you pick yours up at a Persistence Culture Factory or facility or make a contact to them on IG directly at Persistence Culture and get your meals today. All right. And joining us on the Mel Eats Hotline is the co-host of the day, Jimmy Thornton. Jimbo, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Of course, man. Of course, always a pleasure to uh, have you back, and uh, so we could start chopping it up all things sports. Um, one thing right now that is killing me with sports. Well, not even. I don't even know if it's really killing me. I guess maybe that might be part of the problem, Jimbo. But the whole baseball lockout, man. Talking about a drag down. Um, how are you feeling about the lockout so far? Man, it's it's disappointing. I mean, the longer it goes on, it just less and less wants me makes me want to watch. Baseball, just with all the nonsense going on. Seriously, I man. was kind of excited for the season to start, but like now with all this drawing out, I'm like, man, I'm starting to lose interest quick in it. Me too. I'm really starting to lose interest. I'm starting to be like, how do all these other professional sports leagues, you know, manage to avoid all these labor disputes and labor actual halts and stops? Uh, and for some reason, which one is struggling for the most popularity always has the most trouble getting their asses back on the field to play. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I, like you said, I was, a, I was a little bit excited for opening day. Opening day, uh, there's always a little buzz around it. You know, you got to keep that date, I feel like, if you're MLB, man. It's like... You know, opening day, you know, you got all the best pitchers on the mound. It's something exciting to to watch, you know, and now it's like I've already forgotten the storylines. You know, I, I don't give a damn really about any of the storylines. They're going to have to make up for these these negative storylines. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Now, how in your mind, Jimbo, when do you see the season starting? Oh, man, I would say no less than probably like a month. Uh, they don't really seem like they're on the same page. I know they keep saying like, oh, they're having all these meetings, but it seems like ain't nothing coming from them and it doesn't seem like they're really making any real big progress. So I'd say probably at least a month. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they're making any progress. And to me, it's like, it doesn't really seem like there's that many big like deal-breaking things out there. Like I get it, the baseball players are saying that they're pioneering for the young guys. And I do know baseball with arbitration and all that shit, they do take, they do take advantage of the younger players. Uh, with, with how they can avoid, how they can get them, how they have to basically like pitch their idea like, hey, I'm worth more money because I competed better than my peers, you know, and I'm on this, you know, ridiculously cheap contract. Um, yeah. But I mean, that's but ain't that normally like how it works in most businesses. I mean, not knocking exactly. it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to raise somewhere, you have to go in there and sell yourself on why they should pay you more and what you bring to the table. Agreed. That's no different than any other job. Agreed. And if you think about it, they're like, well, all the other sports, you know, they get paid right away. It's like, but all the other sports, man, they're not playing for the Iowa barn burners in the Bakersfield Blaze for a few years, you know? I mean, they're coming right up and they're contributing to the actual professional uh, team, you know, that's drafting them. You know, you don't get you don't get drafted in the first round of the NBA draft and then fucking go play for the Santa Barbara Jam. I mean, you're getting out there on the court and you're putting in some work. So, of course, you're getting paid a little more. Um, so to me, I feel like there's a yeah, lot of and also, also with their farm system, like you can actually stay in there for a while 
and develop and still have a, a decent chance of coming up. Whereas if you make it, uh, you don't get drafted in the NBA or NFL, like it's a strong possibility you ain't never getting on that pro field. 100%. There's very few undrafted stories in the NFL and even probably fewer in the NBA, to be honest with you. And the NBA has only got two rounds worth of drafting. They're trying to change that with the whole G League and stuff like that. But still, at the end of the day, baseball is probably the easiest one to make it to some type of professional level. You know, whether that's single A and who knows what those living uh, accommodations are. But at the end of the day, you're getting paid to play a child's game. So, I mean, it's like... You got to count your blessings before you count your uh, curses, right? Um, yeah, I mean, also you're able to go straight out of high school in the baseball, where exactly. you can't do that in other major sports anymore. You know what I'm saying? They put some clauses into where you at least have to go one year of college. So at least there, you can go right out of high school, start grooming yourself, and then be ready for the big leagues in, you know, two, three years maybe, or maybe half a season. Just depends on how good you perform. Agreed, agreed. I don't know. I think I think at this one, the owners should just, you know, kind of concede and start making that money because the players, guess what? You know, the owners miss out on all this money all next year. Guess what? Mike Trout's going to be still getting paid next year. You know, Otani's going to be I getting say. paid. I, mean, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand the owners on this. I mean, I guess you just try to make as most money as you can, but you get no money if no product is on the field. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, unless you're going to fucking find a whole bunch of scabs to come up and play baseball for the rest of their lives, and you think people are going to tune in, <laughs> people have struggled tuning in, you know, to watch the the big name stars now as it is you bring in a bunch of scabs you ain't gonna have nobody in them stands, dude. yeah so. exactly like I, I, was, I was just actually watching uh uh yesterday i was just watching the replacements and it's just like who wants to pay to see that you know what i'm saying like <laughs> exactly. nobody's paying to see that nonsense exactly you can go you can go i can go watch my son's t-ball game you know for free i don't need you know i i, I watch i watch amateur baseball all i want you know i mean I, I don't have to go and pay money to go to some big league stadium i just hope they get their shit together by the summer jimbo we got a family trip planned to go back east to new jersey uh bradley's already Dirty jersey, baby. Yeah, Dirty baby. Jersey. yeah baby we're coming back we're coming back the Holmes family's on their way um but yeah bradley's already playing for the dodgers that's the first team that he ended up on of course you know so i'm already battling that trying to convince him to not be a fan of the hometown team when he's already a member of the you know t-ball version of the hometown team so i feel like i got a small chance if i can take him to a mets game this summer when we go back to jersey let him see city field getting a little bit of the nostalgia of the uh, 80s and 60s last time the mets were worth a damn uh, i got a chance jim i got a chance so uh fix your shit baseball is basically what i'm saying I think uh, I, I think we'd all be better for it, you know? I mean, because if, if baseball doesn't get it together by the summertime, I mean, there's literally going to be nothing on TV. So I, I don't even know who would seize the opportunity if there was one. You know, obviously you got golf tournaments and things like that, but I mean, we need some kind of baseball. Am I right, Jim? We need something. We need one of the major sports on at that time. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that I'm not going to watch golf. I'm not watching NASCAR. I think the only thing I'd even consider watching probably during the season would be hockey, and I usually don't even watch that until the playoffs. But if that's yeah. what I got to do, that's what I got to do. Yeah, and I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to start getting into hockey. You know, I, 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 I actually just, it's funny you brought that up because uh, before I came over here, I was, watching a, I was watching a commercial, you know, and they were pumping up the stars of the league, you know, and I didn't know any of the guys that they were talking about, unfortunately. Um, and that's just my own fault for just kind of, deciding to let hockey fall by the wayside and, and most mainstream sports coverage shows do um but i do want to get into it a little bit more you know i saw ovechkin today tied yager for uh third most goals uh, i guess it was last night but he tied yager for a third most goals in all-time nhl and then i started thinking about it it's like man is ovechkin better than yager and i wanted to have the debate and then i thought about it, it's like man i don't know enough about the topics to even you know talk confidently on that 
subject. You know, I, I, Yager yeah, has I would a, only be uh, able to go with a major stat with all I could really say. Exactly. Like, yeah, he played a lot of games, got some goals, got some assists, <laughs> won the championship. That's yeah. all I'd really have for you. I'd have no actual concrete evidence of anything. Nah. And, and plus, Yamir Yager has a little bit more of a special spot in my heart because I used to play like NHL video games when I was growing up and Yager was the man. Him and like the uh, Russian bullet, Pavel Burke, he's my boy too. He was like the fastest dude on the game. So it was like super easy to smoke cats down the ice with him. Um, uh, but yeah, so shout out to the Russian Rocket wherever he's at nowadays, um, and NHL, you know. So maybe uh, maybe this will be their year to uh, seize a little bit of the uh, mainstream. At least they're playing, right, Jim? At least they got uh, blades on the ice. Yeah, man. At least they're they're getting the product out there, trying to draw in more <laughs> fans, and they don't have no lockout nonsense going on. That's true. That's true. But you know what? One thing, luckily here in America, that never goes away, Jim, is interesting football news. So that's where we're going to start this show at as far as topics go. Uh, Topic number one that I want to bring up to you is Russell Wilson is now a Bronco. Were you surprised by the move, Jim? I was surprised by the move because I kind of thought that they would work it out and he would stay in Seattle. And I figured, I knew that Denver was looking for a quarterback. I didn't know they were looking at him. Yeah. Uh, so I was surprised, but it was a good surprise. Like, all right, I'd like to see him out there and, and see what they can do now that they got a quarterback and let's see if they're as good as everyone claims they are. That's true. Yeah, I was definitely surprised by it. I was definitely surprised by it because I, I was under the understanding, too, that, you know, if Pete Carroll's still in Seattle, Russell Wilson will still be in Seattle. I just had a feeling that they had a, a, a closer tie than they obviously do because, I mean, now, I mean, to me, I look at it, it's like Pete Carroll's going into maybe the last year of his coaching career, and it's like he's uh, – He's kind of in the middle of a rebuild, but that's where I'm going with this topic because I want to know, now that Russell Wilson is a Bronco, what is the new ceiling for that team? You know, is it the Super Bowl? Is it the playoffs? Is it uh, a couple more wins in the regular season? I'll let you take this first, Jim. Uh, I think with the move, I think obviously they think it's going to give them a chance to win the Super Bowl, but I'm, I'm saying playoffs just because it's murderers rolling the AFC. You got Chiefs, Bills, the Bengals, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Ravens, and possibly the Colts, depending on what they do with their quarterback since they just got rid of Carson Wentz. Yeah, that so, was news broke today. Murderers Row out there. Yeah, yeah, it's Murderers Row there. So it ain't, it's not going to be no cakewalk. And then look at his own division. You got nothing but competition in that division. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, uh, I, I don't agree with your ceiling, though, honestly, Jimbo. So uh, you know, okay. my my take on this is where I think there is. I, I think I think there may be. Maybe they can scrape another win or two in the regular season, but you basically laid out my argument for for me. It is murderer's row, and what you're speaking to earlier before the show while we were making this prep, uh, Carson Wentz got traded for a couple of third-round picks, which I thought was a pretty good haul for the Colts. I mean, hey, third-round pick with with this year's quarterback crop, you can get one of the one of the upper quarterbacks in the draft this year for a third-round pick, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they still have like Jacob Eason as a, back, as a backup. I mean... At least he's a game manager. So I thought the Colts did pretty good on ditching old Carson Wentz down to the next schmucks, the old commanders. Um, so to me, the commanders are <laughs> they're commanding a sinking ship down there in Washington right now, Jim. Uh, they're, they're making commander moves. They are. And that, you know what? And I love me some riverboat Ron, too, Ron Rivera. So I just feel bad for him, man. I feel like he is he's, he's uh, coaching in quicksand down there. But to get back to the topic, I think the uh, ceiling for the, the Denver Broncos is that they're going to miss the playoffs. I don't even think they make the playoffs with Russell Wilson. I don't think they make the playoffs, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, I think they're the worst team in their division, let alone conference. And you just named all those other teams. They all have younger, better quarterbacks. Like, if you go down that list, every single team still has a better quarterback 
than Russell Wilson. Do you agree with that, Jimbo? I, I do not. I don't think every team has a better quarterback than him. Because I mean, you got to look at what he's done over his course since he's been there. Oh, I mean, they're on. younger, yes, the younger. But I'm not saying they're better than him. Okay, who's okay? So let me go down the list of his his division, right? So his division, you got Mahomes. Is he better or worse mm-hmm. than Russell Wilson? Uh, Mahomes better. How about Justin Herbert? Is he better or worse than Russell Wilson? Come on, Jimbo. Uh, now, where's the pause? I, I, I would say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Now, fair so Justin Herbert ain't made the playoffs yet. So, you, you got you to gotta <laughs> play somewhere. You can say physical, physical tools, yes. But he's not getting in the playoffs. Whereas Russell Wilson went straight to the playoffs. Wasn't last year like the first year he's missed the playoffs since he was a rookie? I, I believe so. He's got a pretty good track record there. But if you look, That's he's always, had, like, he's you always had a top 10. He's always had a top 10 defense, okay. though. Okay. I give you that. I give you that. And to me, I think, I don't know. I don't know what I, I, I was listening to some arguments and things like that. And everybody was on the consensus mm-hmm. that the Broncos have this like tremendous skill set of skilled players. You know, I look at their, I, don't skill, see it. I look at their skilled players. It looks like a fucking bag of burning trash to me. You know, it's like, who is I mean, Jerry? I don't think it's quite that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's quite that bad. I mean, don't they got some talent, but do they have proven talent? Like you're saying, Proven talent. They ain't got jack shit. You know what? I used to think Sutton was good, Court, uh, uh, Cortland Sutton. And Cortland he, Sutton. He was one of the reasons that my fantasy team actually a- absolutely just crashed off a cliff after week three. I mean, that guy was basically benched. and You know, he was benched, but he, he was putting up benched player numbers, and he was still starting. Like, I mean, like, when I say benched, not benched on my fantasy team. Like, he was putting up – like, I had to look to see if this fool was in the game. Like, is he hurt? Is he, is he like a, is he a DNP? Is he a coach's decision? What's going on here? Cause he isn't. He, but but in, all, in, all, in all fairness to him though, he was coming off the ACL injury. He may not be a hundred percent yet. Oh, I watched man. him play when he came to, to, to Jacksonville. Now this is by no means saying anything cause they were terrible, but he was getting up and down the field on them with no problem. And if they went for some, some missed throws by Teddy B, that man was probably putting up. 200 yards on them easy. Yeah, 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 I don't know. All right, all right. But so, let's get it. That's the Jaguars. That's true. That is the Jaguars. That is the Jaguars. Okay, so, but but that's my other argument. I don't like his skill set players. I would definitely take the Seattle skill set players with Chris Carson, Lockett, DK Metcalf, and them boys over what the Broncos got going on. Who knows? Maybe Jerry Judy and all those guys sucked because t- Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke were so terrible. But you know what? My experience is kind of like with all the other professional sports. If you're that guy... On a professional team, you're gonna eat. You know, it's like it's like when the Sixers were tanking and you had random dudes that they just picked up off the park, averaging like 23 points a game. It's like, yeah, he's in an NBA game. Is there's 48 minutes of basketball going on? Somebody's gonna score points. You know, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I mean, somebody should be eating up them yards. And you look at everybody. I mean, they might have gave up their best skilled player in the trade. No offense. So it's like, I'm not liking the situation that Russell's walking into, but let's continue the debate that we had started there. So now we're going to go to the Raiders. Derek Carr, better or worse than Russell Wilson? I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Russell Wilson over Derek Carr. Oh, man. That's tough, dude. Derek Carr can spin it, dude. This guy is good. This guy's good. I don't care. I used to hate on him. I used to hate on Derek Carr big time, and, and I'm, a, I'm a believer now. This guy puts up numbers, man. He puts up stats. And he gets that you team know to the playoffs. Who? Kirk Cousins puts up that. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not knocking him. I'm, I'm just saying. I just think individually. Yeah. I think Russell Wilson is better than him. That, I'm not. I'm not saying there's a big gap between them. You know what I'm saying? And it's not a knock on Derek Carr. But if you ask me who I would take, 
I'm taking Russell Wilson. Okay. Respectable. I can respect that. I can respect that to, to some degree. Um, but going back to uh, now, now we're getting into the other teams in the AFC that you had mentioned. Uh, so let's go with um, Josh Allen. Better or worse than Russell Wilson? Nah, I'll take Josh Allen. Josh Allen? Okay. Yeah, I'll take Josh Allen all day. Joe Cool. It's based, it's based on one season of work, but that was one hell of a season. I'm going with Joey B, baby. <laughs> you damn right you're going with Joey B, Jimbo. You better not try and give me no flack on that one. Um, now, let's get into some other AFC teams. Let's talk about the Patriots with uh, a guy like uh, Mac Jones. Oh, I'm taking Russell Wilson. Okay. That all I'll day. give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you Russell Wilson. All right, let me give you some quick stats, too, that I pulled up here. Russell, uh, Derek Carr last year, 4,800 yards, Okay. 4,800 yards on 626 attempts. That's a shit ton of attempts. So maybe that might end up actually balancing out here. Then you go down to Russell Wilson. He only had 3,100 yards, okay, on 400 attempts. So he's averaging 7.8 yards a pass. And Derek Carr's at 7.7. All right, so they're pretty comparable. Okay, so I'll give you that. All right, we'll put Russell above him. We'll put Russell above Mac Jones. Uh, and then you start thinking of other AFC teams. Now, let's say the let's say the Browns end up with Kyler Murray this year. I see this happening. This is my early prediction. Browns end up with, with Kyler Murray. Do you think the Browns and Kyler Murray are better than Russell Wilson and the Broncos? Uh, that's tough. That's tough when I like that question. Tough. Um, Talent-wise, I say so, yes. But, I mean, after that, after, I mean, this, this is not a knock because it's one, one game, but Kyler Murray looked like he was not ready at all for the moment in that playoff game. So, I lost a lot of confidence in him. I didn't even confidence in his skill, but... They look like they didn't know what the hell they were doing out there. I think that's Cliff Kingsbury, man. I, I, I'm a firm believer in that's Cliff Kingsbury. Um, you talking about the same Cliff Kingsbury? They just like extended to 2027 with exactly. the Exactly. I don't know what's going on over there in Arizona. I don't know what's happening, right? I don't know what's happening. I don't know what kind of uh, negative emails that Cliff Kingsbury's hanging over their head or what the deal is down there, but uh, they definitely have an infatuation <laughs> with that guy. Right? <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. I mean, he even got fired from Texas Tech. He got fired from Texas Tech, and they loved that dude down there. I remember watching Texas Tech games. They would be terrible, and all the signs and crap like that in the crowd were all about how cool Cliff Kingsbury was and how much they loved Cliff Kingsbury. And I'm like, man, I remember that guy when he was a quarterback at Texas Tech, and I was like, why do people like this guy so much? He must yeah. be a, he must be a likable guy, Jimbo. I've never been in, I've never been introduced to him formally, so he must uh, must have one hell of a handshake. Um, but getting back to it. This is my prediction on the Russell Wilson trade to the Broncos. I'm going with Denver's going to miss the playoffs every year that Russ is in town, and that causes him to not make the Hall of Fame. That's what that's my Both predict. Players, that's that, that's my prediction on the trade. I might I may eat my words, but I got a feeling that he they will never finish out of the basement in that com in that conference. I feel like Justin Herbert is really going to be ready to absolutely like this year. He was ready to set the world on fire stats wise. Like he got his, and I feel like next year mm -hmm. he's going to be like, nah, fuck it. We need a win. We need a win, and so is going to be. Uh, what's his coach? Uh, uh, Staley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Staley. Uh, he's gonna be. He, he's gonna be. He's gonna be more fired up. He's gonna have a little more experience. They let that thing slip away to Derek Carr, and that goes to show you how competitive the division is to me. Um, and I look at everything that the Broncos gave up. It's basically everything I heard about it was they kept comparing it to the Cowboys and the Vikings, 
Herschel Walker trade. Herschel Walker. And who made out better in that trade? Was it the Cowboys? Was it the Cowboys or the Vikings? You know, I mean, it's obviously the one that supposedly got the better player, right? And the other team got the package. I think the I think the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks. This is getting into my topic one B here, and I'll take this one first. I think the Seahawks won this trade. Um, I'll get your take on this too. But I think the Seahawks won this trade. They got two first rounders, and this year's first rounder is a ninth pick. So they got the ninth pick. And the 40th pick in the second round. So now they have two They have two legit second round picks. And to me, there are going to be quality quarterbacks left in the second round. With that 40th pick, they could end up with a guy like Malik Willis. And, I mean, how much are you really losing losing a great deep ball thrower like Russell Wilson who can scramble to another young kid like Malik Lewis? Or, I mean... uh Malik Willis, who can chuck the deep ball. He showed that off in the combine this past week. He was dropping dimes out there, Jimbo. And uh, and, and you know what? He, he can definitely run. That's for damn sure. And he's built like a physical specimen, you know? So I, I don't know. I, I think that they're in a better spot. They got a damn good D tackle uh, in the Derek Shelby. And they got a hell of a tight end in Noah Fant. I, um, I was a big fan of Noah Fant in Iowa, and I felt like he was uh, misused. And he also had some crappy quarterback play, too. So, I mean, I don't know if he's that's going to improve right away, but... Uh, I don't know. I think Seattle wins the trade. Jimbo, your take. Who won the trade, Denver or Seattle? Uh, at this point, I'm going to say uh, Denver won it because you got a proven elite quarterback that's in the top tier. And then all those draft picks, you have to hit on those draft picks. And Seattle still looks like they're the greatest job of drafting. <laughs> so unless those draft picks turn into something, you got to leave. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I get where you come from. From there, we'll just have to uh, wait for a PC. Uh, we'll have to wait for a PC sports show uh, next year, and we'll retouch on this on this topic. Um, but to me, I, I feel like that foundation where let's say they let's say they even end up with a with a Kenny Pickett with one of their first round picks, so he's ready to play right away. Right. I think they could be set up for a takeover. Kyler Murray leaves Arizona. Trey Lance is a buster, like it seems like the Niners don't want to admit. Stafford continues to age. Here's Seattle with all these draft picks, a, a solid young stud back on the defensive line like that they've been looking for, and the defense wasn't terrible. They're just a little banged up, you know? They had a couple injuries, so I don't know. I think I think that division might not be as strong as everybody's taking it to be because the Cardinals and Murray, that's an ugly situation. Um, so I think, I think the NFC West is due to decline next year. Um, but that could be a topic for another day. Uh, as we're talking about studs that are possibly on the move this offseason, we've mentioned quite a few of them. You know, Kyler Murray's getting thrown out there. Um, your boy Carson Wentz just uh, went to the commanders, you know. So it's definitely the part of the season where a lot of shaking and moving starts happening. And uh, it seems like the Panthers are trying to shake Christian McCaffrey right now. They said that they are putting him on the trade block, Jimbo, and the cost of Mr. Christian McCaffrey uh, would be a low-hit salary cap quality player, so just somebody that's under a decent deal. You know, somebody that's playing good and he ain't going to break the bank and a first-round pick. Uh, so we're going to go and talk about the best landing spot for him uh, and what team that would be and what player you give up for him. Um, so the team that I'm most in touch with, because I follow them as a fan as well as just following the sports world in general as a, a journalist, and the first-round pick... For the Dolphins, I would easily give up, and I would include Javon Holland as part of that trade. Now, I think that's a damn good deal because the Panthers need help on the back end on that defense. Javon Holland is a stud. I'd hate to give him up. I'd hate to give him up, but with us deciding to move on from Flores, I feel like our defense is going to take a step back. 
And plus, we also have Brandon Jones, a young kid out of Texas. Uh, that's a really good safety. Uh, he comes in and he plays a lot of nickel nickel downs and things like that. Uh, so I don't think we would have as big of a hole there. And then he might even excel a little bit with a little more playing time. Uh, and then we give up that late first-round pick that we ended up getting boned out of uh, for the Niners. You know, So we got the Niners pick. So we're talking like in like the late 20s. Uh, if we could turn that into Christian McCaffrey, I think that's a huge win. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if our new coach coach uh, Mike McDaniels would be able to handle a player of that caliber because uh, Kyle Shanahan's always all about, you know, taking the best out of, you know, whatever scraps he's given as a running back. You know, he reminds me of his old man, Mike, uh, when he can take any, he, he can, he can come up with a zone blocking scheme that would make me a thousand yard rusher in the NFL. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that'd be the best fit for Mike McDaniel's scheme, whatever that ends up being, um, and if the Dolphins are interested in doing that. But I think that that would be a good fit for the Panthers. I think they would get what they want, some help on the back end, and the Dolphins can finally actually have a damn running back instead of all these you know two-bit seventh-round draft picks that we keep throwing out there and screwing Tua over. So now Tua gets a guy that's an easy check down, an easy slot receiver on key plays when we want to go empty in the backfield. Uh, I think it helps Tua grow, and I, I would I would like to see that move from the Dolphins. Um, Jimbo, give me your take on a landing spot for Mr. Christian McCaffrey. Okay, I did think about the Dolphins as well, and I thought that would be a deeper spot for him to go. Uh, but I actually picked the Arizona Cardinals, and the player I would oh, give shit. up would be Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore? Yeah, because you got to think, they have so many pass catchers. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins will be healthy next year, so that's going to take away some passes. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. got... Um, you got A.J. Green out there. You can re-sign Christian Kirk if you so choose. You got uh, Zach Ertz there. So there's a lot of hands to feed the ball to. And Rondell Moore's on a good deal. He's a good player. Get a fresh start. Carolina could use another receiver because Robbie Anderson did not work out. So <laughs> I'm not surprised. You, you, I see some value there. And then Christian McCaffrey, like, you put him in the backfield and then, you know, kind of run your duel back with him and, and James Connors to where he's not maybe so prone to getting injured. And I think that they would that, that might take them to another level. Totally, and that might that might also maybe help them mend the mend the fence with Kyler Murray saying, "Hey, look, we're getting you some help. Here you go. Let's just run this back on your rookie deal because the fifth year option pays you pretty good. You know, I mean, it's not like Kyler's going to be getting jerked around next year. I mean, he's going to make like twenty something million dollars a year. Uh, so I like that idea, Jimbo. I, I I didn't really think of the Arizona Cardinals because I'm so caught up in the Kyler drama, but maybe that might actually help them. And I love Rondell Moore. I love me some, for a. I love me some Boilermakers. Um, so Rondell Moore is an absolute stud. I feel like he didn't get the ball enough because I watched him uh, when he played for Purdue, and this kid is an All American for a reason. He is legit. He's a route. He's more of a route runner than people give him credit for. Everybody looks at him as like a jet sweep kind of speedster guy, and I feel like that's your boy Cliff Kingsbury, not knowing what the hell to do with him um but yeah i think he i I think that would be a great move for the panthers uh they obviously still need to figure out who the hell's gonna throw him the ball but i do like that move another team that i had in there was i was thinking how how scary would this be right the buffalo bills give up a first round pick and devin singletary and any other player on the fucking team other than stefan diggs like what about giving up gabriel davis you know, right now, while his stock is high after that crazy game, you know, so it's like you give up Gabriel Davis and Singletary and a first round pick, and now you got Josh Allen and Christian McCaffrey together. That could be dangerous, man. And I hate to say it being a Dolphins fan, you know, that would be, that would be bad news 
I mean, now you now you're ready to compete with the likes of the Kansas City Chiefs because you obviously aren't. They they have the Bills' mental number as far as their defense goes. It's like their defense just literally does not come to play against the Chiefs. Um, so that might help them uh, score three more points next AFC divisional championship game because you know the rematch is coming. Um, so that was another spot that I had. So I'm interested. I'm interested. Uh, I'm looking forward to NFL free agency. It's a it's a fun part of this time of the year. Um, what's a what's another big move that you're looking for to uh, to maybe see happen in this off season? Um, I want to see where I, I I personally would like to see Devontae Adams go somewhere else. Me too. I second that. Because they're trying to accommodate Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And you're just wasting around this dude's good years because he's out here doing, like, he could be considered the number one receiver in the league. So I'm trying to give him a franchise tag. Man, let this man go if he's no pain. Seriously, he's putting up, like, epic numbers. He's putting up basically numbers that Cooper Cup put up out of nowhere this year, but he's put them up for the last two, maybe three years. So it's like, just yeah. pay the man his money, man. Give him a contract, give him what he deserves. Um, I, I second that. Uh, I don't really like the Packers franchise and what they're doing right now. And it's like, now what are they going to do with Jordan Love? What are they going to do with all these big-time defensive player contracts that they needed to? Now they're paying Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers exuberance amount of money. I don't know how the contract's going to be structured yet. Um yeah, I don't like what the I don't like what the Packers are doing. Um, and I have another wide receiver on my radar. I'm curious to see where Amari Cooper goes. Um, I think he's going to be a nice add to some team. Um, if I had to pick, hmm, I would love to see the Texans try to mend mend the relationship with Deshaun Watson, bring in a guy like Amari Cooper and just try to tell Deshaun like, Hey, come on, let's put uh, bygones be bygones and uh, run it back. I think that instantly makes the Texans a little more of a, uh, more of a threat than most people would plan on them being. And to me, that division's still kind of open. I'm not a full bought in on the Titans. I'm not fully bought in on the Colts. Definitely not bought in on the Jaguars. Um, so I don't know. That's an interesting one that I'm watching, and I feel like he can shift some powers on some of these smaller teams. It just depends where Amari Cooper wants to go. He'll probably want to go to a proven winner. So um, we'll see. There's definitely quite a few intriguing high-end wide receivers out there. Um, so I'll be looking into that. Another thing that I'm looking forward to in the summer, though, is the NBA playoffs, Jimbo. NBA season is in full swing. Uh the Sixers got the beard. They're 5-0 and with them. I ain't going to lie, Jim. I ain't going to lie. I'm thinking the Sixers have won this trade so far. This isn't a prep topic, but uh, give me your take on uh, on what you think of the Sixers-Nets trade so far. Harden for Simmons. Uh, as of right now, it looks like Philly has won that trade. I mean, because they seem to be meshing well with him and Embiid, and we still haven't seen Ben Simmons play, so we don't know how that's going to work out, but... They look like they're gaming up in Philly. They look like they're going to be a threat. We are ready to go. We are ready to fucking go. And now we signed DeAndre Jordan. So now that that even cancels out Andre Drummond. So now it's literally like we traded Seth Curry and two first-round picks in the NBA draft, which is, eh, who cares? You want to talk about turning picks into something that's worth a damn. It's way harder in the NBA. Um, So it's like... You know, it's like we traded Seth Curry for James Harden as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I'll take that any day of the freaking week. Um, 
So I'm looking forward to what my Sixers can do in the playoffs. They're looking great. We're 5-0 and with the beard in the lineup. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. It'll be probably coming out on Friday. So in between that, we get to see my boy Benjamin Simmons get his ass booed out of the Wells Fargo Center Arena. Uh, I can't wait to see the response that the uh, Philly faithful have waiting for him when uh, the Sixers play the Nets tomorrow night. That is going to be a fun game to watch. Although Kyrie is cooking right now. He dropped like fucking 50 I think he dropped a 50 piece the other night so uh we'll see it should be a fun game to watch um but the Nets are way down in the standings which brings me up to my next topic uh with the NBA season in full swing Jim which NBA team has been the biggest surprise from a successful standpoint the biggest surprise I probably would say the Memphis Grizzlies I mean we knew they were a talented team last year making the playoffs and what they were able to do but they came in this year with like like they are forced to be reckoned with, like they can easily get to the, the finals if things go well, depending on the matchup. And, you know, they've just, the whole team looks like they got something there. Yeah. I mean, I, I can, I can definitely take, I can definitely take your point there on the Grizz. Um, you think they got enough behind John Morant though? What pieces, what, what pieces, uh, and that's what I'm worried about, right? I have the Grizzlies as part of my prep prep notes here, you know, and with them being second in the West and, you know, jaw is an absolute killer. Um, and he might be able to sustain a run, but I was trying to think of like what pieces I like around them. What's your favorite thing that Memphis has other than John Morant right now? Uh, I like Darren Jackson Jr. Uh, Bain is playing really well. They didn't expect him to play as well. Oh, you know what? I forgot about Bain. And they also got a uh, Melton on the bench. They got, I'm telling you, they got a nice all around squad out there. They do. I forgot like Bane's a sharpshooter too. So, yeah, I like that. And I, I'm honestly, I mean, John Morant though, he seems like he seems a little different. You know, he reminds me of like when like Russell Westbrook first came in the kind of it kind of came in the league. I remember they had uh, I remember they had a series against the Kobe Bryant led number one seed Lakers, and. Uh, they gave they gave him a run for their money, and uh, John Morant I feel like kind of skipped that stage. You know, he didn't really get to shine too much in the playoffs last year, uh, and I feel like now he's just like he's he's full on here. I mean, they're a legit two seed in the West, if you ask me. Uh, they're really good. Uh, we have some previous uh, some previous evidence of me liking the Miami Heat, and they're where I'm going to go with this with this argument. Um, I just feel like you cannot overvalue the addition of Kyle Lowry at this point. I mean, he's been absolutely freaking huge. They're running away with the number one seed at this point. Uh, the Sixers are in second, but they're already like four games back. They just wally mopped us the other night. Granted, James Harden didn't play. We weren't at full strength, but they, they gave us the business. Um, and to me, the thing that's the biggest surprise is that they're the number one seed, though. Um, you know, South Beach is a notoriously tough place to play, and they're 23-7 and seven there this year. So it's like now with them, the number one seed, they truly, uh, to me, they truly, truly own the path out of the East. And it's going to be tough. You know, to me, they're going from a trendy pick when I made them like three, I think it was like two and a half, three months ago um, when we picked NBA championships uh, or uh, possible NBA champions to now they might just be the favorite to win the fucking championship. I mean, Tyler Euro, uh, he's leading the team in points, man. When I was doing my prep for this, I was surprised. You know, I was expecting to see Jimmy or, you know, Bam at a Bayou. But, I mean, Euro's lead, uh, Tyler Euro's leading the team. Uh, I don't know, man. He's uh, I like the heat, Jimbo. What do you think? That's a good pick, man. They're, they're really playing well. They got a deep team. Uh, they're getting a lot of production out of everybody. 
Um, you still got your guys like Sam out of and Jimmy Butler. Um, they're, you know, they're going to do what they do every year. And then the emergence of Tyler Hero really coming off the bench and giving us some scoring, that helps. And they got some few other guys like Struth and I forget the other guy's name, but they're getting some help off the bench as well. Yeah, so they look really good. I really would like to see a matchup between them and the Bulls. Uh, if the Bulls can get healthy, I think that'd be a really good series. Yeah, the Bulls are nowhere near healthy. Uh, they're they were gonna be my surprise too. I was gonna pick them, but they're just falling apart, man. They're falling apart. They look like trash right now, um, and it's a it's a tough time to it's a tough time not to be hitting on all cylinders. And uh, that's why I was really close to picking the Grizzlies as my number one pick because everybody else kind of falling apart around them. They look like uh, they look like they can go on a legit run in the playoffs. The Suns look weak right now without CP. Golden State looks weak right now without Draymond. Um, so I mean, this might be the door kind of creaking open for for the Grizzlies. Um, so that would be uh, that would be pretty freaking crazy to see the Grizzlies in the finals this year. And it actually looks like it's a possibility. So. There's definitely there's definitely some surprising uh, factors going on in the NBA right now as we're getting ready for the playoffs. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I like change. I like seeing different teams. I like seeing different superstars getting the getting the play in the prime time. So that leads me to uh, part B of this topic, and that's what team has been the biggest failure this season. You know, from a surprise standpoint, I'm going to take this one first. Um, and I'd have to go with I'd have to go with Brooklyn, man. I'd have to go with Brooklyn uh, right now to get into the playoffs. They'd have to be in a playoff. Which just sounds fucking crazy to me. You think about you think about Brooklyn when they started this year with KD and Kyrie and James Harden. It was like the championship goes through Brooklyn. Like that should have been Golden State the years that they had KD. Like that's the that's the type of epic dominance that they should have shown. Like almost to where they didn't even care about regular season games because it's like yo, who's gonna beat us in a seven game series? Nobody, but now Kyrie's jeopardized the team again. Another team again. He's done it to. He's done it to like. This is like his fourth team that he's done it to. Um, it's just. It's just crazy to me. All over this freaking vaccine mandate, and everybody can have their beliefs and shit like that. That's fine. But you know what? I mean, the Nets. The Nets should have fucking canned his ass instead of letting him play these road games where he comes in and scores fifty on the road, and then they go back to Brooklyn and they lose by fucking twenty because they have no consistency. They don't get to play together. They don't get to practice together. I mean, it's madness. I can't believe that the Nets are letting this happen. Uh, and to me, it's a. To me, it's a huge blemish on Steve Nash's coaching career right out the gate. Um, he's not. He's not handling this. He's not handling this well. I would have tried to trade Kyrie before James Harden, but you know what? In the city of brotherly love, we are showing my brother James Harden a lot of love. We're glad that he's in town. Thank you, Brooklyn, uh, for being a part of that. But now, to me, the major jeopardy that's hanging in the balance is, are, are you wasting Kevin Durant's career right now? I mean, if you guys, imagine if they play they might play like the Hornets or something like that to, to to get into the playoff. And, you know, imagine Lonzo and Miles Bridges and them young boys come out hungry and they shock the Nets. And the Nets go home in a one-game playoff right now. I mean, Kevin Durant out of the playoffs? I mean, that would be, that, that would be A, to be bad for the sport, and B, I mean, man, talk about a deflating moment for the Nets. And then I even thought about this, Jim. It's like, do they want to be home for a one game playoff? Because then you don't have Kyrie. So it's like, yeah, right now you're right now you're in the eighth eighth spot, which would give you the home game playing the ninth team. But at this point, it's like, wouldn't you rather lose? Play on the road? So at least you have Kyrie for the one game playoff? I mean, I don't know. It's just a mess in Brooklyn. And to me, that's been the biggest surprise. Uh, epic meltdown, epic failure. Uh your turn, Jimbo. What do you think? What do you think? 
Uh, Brooklyn was a good pick. The only reason I picked them is one because Tim Durant was hurt for a while, and then like you said, you got the issue with Kyrie where they're not playing. So it's not like these guys are on the floor every night and they're getting beat. Now, when you look the the Lakers, that is by far the biggest disappointment. It's not even close because <laughs> if you need LeBron James to score fifty six points, y'all to get a W. What's the rest of them bums out there doing? This is a team you put out there on the floor with with championship aspirations. They, I, I don't think it's close to there. The, by far the biggest disappointment. They may not even make the playoffs. They're talking about maybe even setting LeBron by at the end of the season just because this might be a throwaway season. So, and then Anthony Davis, I mean, we know the story of that, all the talent in the world, but gets hurt all the time. So, can you depend on him? So, and then Russell Westbrook isn't working out, apparently. So, I think by far it's the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers are a fucking hot mess. What do you think about Russell? I know you like Russell, right? Because you're a UCLA guy. So, I know you like Russ. How do you think about his performance, though? Has it been a letdown, or do you think this is a failure of the Lakers in general, or do you think this is more of a failure of Russell Westbrook? I it's hard to say just because, like, I mean, he's been like pretty bad. Um, pretty bad, what, pretty I, bad, Jimbo. He's been really bad. He's been really okay, bad. He's been really. He's been really. Well, I mean, the whole team's been bad outside of LeBron. So I mean, I can't just dump it all on him. But I don't know what the expectations were from from them getting him, like, what they expected out of him as far as what, what they're trying to do with him. I don't know what that is. But whatever it is, is it, is it working? I mean, I hope you didn't think he's going to come in here and then just be, like, knocking down jumpers left and right because that was his poor planning from the beginning. But, I mean, I, I mean, I think we're starting to see the decline of him, obviously. And um, But I just think all around this team, they are just not good. Yeah, I think the writing – I think for, for Lakers fans, so – where where we record this show, we're definitely in the heart of Lakerland, and I feel like people maybe had a misconception on what they were going to get out of Russ. Um, he plays hard every night, so that's why I don't want to knock Russell for that. Plays hard every night, uh, but sometimes I think he just thinks that that's hard enough. You know, like that's all I need to do is sprint as hard as I can, go for every rebound as hard as I can go for every loose ball as hard as I can, and that's going to be good enough. It's like, no, sometimes you need to change your game, Russ, and I feel like that's going to be his demise and why his career is probably not only on the decline, but on like almost the end of the decline. I see maybe one or two more years in the league for Russell, unfortunately, uh, because, I mean, you look at what he did with the Rockets and the Wizards and these last few stops that he's been on, and, I mean, it's just, it's just not, it's not impressive. It's not, it's not really worth even, like, putting him as a top-tier guy anymore. Uh, of course, he went on those few runs where he was like Mr. Triple-Double and breaking fucking Oscar Robert. Anytime you break Oscar Robertson's records, you're doing something for sure. But I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like the Lakers maybe had too high of hopes, and that's kind of what he's basically been saying in these last few interviews. And it's definitely not a good look for Russell by saying he didn't have expectations for this year. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. And then, and, and, like you said, do you think they should sit LeBron James? Would you sit LeBron James for the rest of the year? I would not. I'm playing every game, still trying to get in the playoffs and hoping that we can get in there and do something. I mean, if, if anything, Dave can get healthy. Now, things are going to be good enough to win, but I don't want to see anybody give up on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people's expectations relatively were based on the names that are on the team, not how they play together. Because, you know, you got Carmelo, Anthony Davis. LeBron, Russell Westbrook, yep. and you got the guys that you put on the bench, but it just it has not came together yet. I'm not saying it won't, but it's looking like it's not going to happen this year. I agree. I agree. I feel like this is the best case scenario for the Lakers right now. 
play LeBron James, play as many healthy fucking healthy players that you have that are worth a damn. Play them all. And you got to desperately try to get in. And where you want to get in, you want to get in at either the, uh, what is it, the 10th, the 10th seed, if you can't make the 7th seed, right? You need to be there. You need to be at that 10 or that 7. Because then that leads us to playing the Grizzlies. And I think that's a winnable matchup for a Lakers team that gets Anthony Davis back and has LeBron James playing against a young Ja Morant. I can, I would be able to smell an upset there. And then you pull that off. Now at least the season's been saved, right? You've saved face from a Lakers standpoint. You get one of the quote-unquote epic you know, upsets, if that's what you would call it. But I wouldn't really call it that with LeBron James on the team um, beating a young John Morant team. But I think that's a best-case scenario. You end up in the playoffs, and you're playing the Grizzlies in the first round, which is a winnable matchup for me. I mean, I feel like any matchup's winnable when you have LeBron James. But, um, yeah, who knows? But like you said, if you're waiting for LeBron James to just keep scoring 56 points to get a damn win, you got to figure something out because he's 45 years old. Um. I don't know. Yeah, the Lakers are a huge disappointment. Um, so we'll agree and disagree on that one because, uh, yeah, both teams, epic failure so far this year. We'll see what they could shake out of the the playoff tournament part of the playoffs. Um, but talking about playoffs, the greatest formatted playoffs has already begun, Jimbo. March Madness is in full Swing. All right, we've already got multiple buzzer beaters going down. Uh, Chattanooga is hitting hitting threes in the last second. Did you see the end of that game, the Chattanooga game? No, I didn't see it. I saw the highlight of it. Oh, yeah, that's all I saw, too. Yeah, let me rephrase. Did you see the highlight of the end of the Chattanooga game? Yeah, I saw the highlight, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was pretty gangster, the dude, for Chattanooga, where he just, like, he, like, instantly called for the ball, like, right before half court, and he just sprinted down, and it's like like he had no doubt he was going to drill that shot. So, uh, big ups to him. I'm looking forward to them getting their prize of playing Gonzaga in the first round and losing by 45. Um, (laughs) At the middle. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But you know what? You never know, right? You could always be the golden retriever of UMBC, MBC. Um, you never know. You never know, right? It's happened now. Now you can't say it's never happened. It's happened now. Um, so we got conference. We got conference championships kicking off today. All right. I was watching uh, Syracuse and Buddy Bayheim shellac the uh, Florida State Seminoles earlier today. Uh, they came out red hot from three. Um, so out of the conference tournaments that are coming up, Jimbo. Which conference are you most looking forward to watching? I'd probably say um, the SEC, uh, just because they got um, they got four teams that are basically in the top 15, 16, and all of them look pretty good. Uh, I really ain't seen a whole bunch of Arkansas, so I can't really speak on them too much. But I, I like I like the array of teams that they got, and they all look like teams that could could go in the tournament and make some noise. So I'm gonna go with the SEC. Okay, I like the SEC. I think. I think they'll have. I think they might have the most competitive games at the end of their tournament. That's why I like the. That's why I like the SEC. Um, I got them down here as like the most talented, and like you said, they got the. They got Kentucky. They got Alabama. They got Auburn. They got Arkansas, and they even look at like teams that are potentially on the bubble. You know, like LSU. I feel like LSU yeah. can make an impact in the NCAA as like a low seed. You know, like as like a twelve seed, if they end up making a little bit of a run in the SEC. 
LSU. Oh yeah, man, it's all about yeah. matchups. All about matchups. Seriously, LSU gets in as a 12 seed. You better watch the hell out. I think I think there's like some crazy stat in March Madness that like almost like 12 seeds win like 2.3 times a year. So it's almost like it's almost like more times than not half of the 12 seed teams advance into the second round. So those are always my ones looking for because I feel like the committee does that shit on purpose. Like they try to find this like compelling 12 and 5 matchup. And I think LSU would make a hell of a 12 seed uh going into the tournament. So I I do I do I can I can agree with your SEC to some extent. Um but if I really have to look at it what's going to be most exciting, I feel like is the Big 10. And I got to go with the Big 10 mainly because I feel like they have the most bubble teams, right? SEC might have like the most play and kind of like seeing who gets a one seed and a two seed and a three seed. Like they have some, they have some big name, big name seedings that, and they might flip flop from a two seed to a three seed or vice versa. They might go up from a three seed to a two seed, which definitely, definitely makes a difference because you go up from a three seed to a two seed, you're going to play farther away from home usually is the way they set it up. But if you go down from a two to a three, then you might end up being like the best seeded three as far as like location. So that shit all matters and all this shit plays into March Madness. Um, but to me, Big Ten is exciting because they got the most bubble teams. I feel like there's lots of teams on the bubble. Um, like there's not very many guarantees. Like even like uh, Michigan State might be on the bubble and Wisconsin might be on the bubble. My Rutgers, Scarlet Knights, they shouldn't be on the fucking bubble, but they're still saying they're on the bubble. We got to buy all the way to the quarterfinal. We finished fourth in the Big Ten, and somehow we're on the bubble. But you know what? That's neither here nor there. We handle business. We win one game in the Big Ten tournament. We're in, and there's lots of teams like that. And then there's a couple high-end teams like Purdue who could squeak their way into maybe potentially a two-seed, but I see them more as like a ceiling of a three-seed. Um, I just really am looking forward to seeing these Big Ten bubbles either burst or uh float on into the tournament um like your boys the hoosiers uh i think they missed the tournament for like six years in a row now jim and uh if they pull off a couple wins in the tournament they got a chance they got a chance um Don't so, expect that to happen. <laughs> all right so okay you picked sec i picked big 10 i will pick the winner of the sec for you you pick the winner of the big 10 for me this is obviously no prep i'm totally shooting from the hip cowboy style here uh i'll go first I'm going to go with the SEC championship will be won by Kentucky. I think Kentucky's going to win it. Uh, full disclaimer, going into today, I put 100 bucks on LSU to win it. Uh, it's like plus uh, it's like plus like uh, 1350 bucks. So 100 bucks went 1350. Um, I like that odds. I like LSU. They play extremely hard defense. Like, no joke, hard defense, but they're a much better home team. So when the SEC tournaments and things like that, you start playing in neutral sites, uh, you're at a disadvantage. So that's why I won't pick LSU for the sake of the most likely champion. I think the most likely champion is Kentucky. I think Calipari's done with being a loser. He's ready to start getting back to cutting nets down. And I think he starts with the SEC tournament, and then uh, he's going to be fucking hella dangerous coming into March Madness. Uh, that's my take on the SEC tournament, Jimbo. What do you see happening in the Big Ten? Uh, I think it's going to be a good tournament. I think, I think it's talk of who really can win it. So if I just had to take a shot in the dark, I'd probably take Illinois uh, just because, I mean, they got a really solid team. Uh, they haven't been really that great in a while. And I remember the last time Illinois was good, they gave the tournament hell. So I'm, I'm going to ride with the Illini. 
Okay, I like that. That uh, the center they got, uh, Kofi Cockburn, is legit, dude. He is. Uh, he's a straight up stud. Um, he is uh, what Dickie V would say, a PT peer. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Illinois. I didn't even mention them in my uh, my speak of the Big Ten. So uh, yeah, you're yeah. I I I couldn't I couldn't say you're wrong there. I'm hoping that the old little money on them. That's it. Hey, you should you should. Now's the time right now. If you guys are listening and you're looking at uh, making a little wager going into the weekend, this show will come out on like Friday afternoon. So some of these games are already going to unfold. Um, so go out there, see look at look at what your futures are, and then you could root a team in hopefully all weekend. Um, Speaking of sports gambling, you know, while we're on topic, Jimbo, uh, there's a little sports gambling in the news in a negative light. Uh, Calvin Ridley has been suspended <laughs> for a year, for a whole year, for placing a $1,500 parlay bet. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that? Do you think this is this is one of the hot debates that I've noticed has been going around on all the major uh, on all the major sports coverage shows uh, that deal with debate? So I want to take your part uh, or get your get your take on this part of it. One year suspension. Do you think that's enough? Do you think it's not enough? Do you think it's too harsh? What do you think? What are your views? I mean, I, I don't know about what they've done to other players in the situation because obviously it doesn't happen that much. Yeah, I don't I think, think people think get caught. Be, I, I think a year is a little bit rough. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't know how he thought that he'd be able to do this and it wouldn't be a problem. I don't know what, what, he, what he was thinking. I mean, I know he... It goes to show you that mental, mental health. Uh, I don't know what what factored in on that decision of his, but it, it goes to show you he should have stayed in college. He's gonna, lose, he's gonna lose millions and millions, God. just on that one bet. So I mean, what was I mean, he I, thinking, I, Jimbo? I, I gamble, so like I can't really fault the guy for doing it, even though he knows better and he's not supposed to do it because he's on an NFL team. Yeah, but what if but I tell I you? What if I tell you? Hey, you're gonna be the tight end of the Vikings now. You know, you're going to be the tight end of the Vikings next year. Do you still place a parlay, or do you say, oh, shit, I'm not allowed to place parlays anymore? Oh, if you tell me I'm going to be the tight end for the Vikings next year, and I'm about to come in all that money, I'm not fucking it up for no oh. fuck up bet. I'm probably going to make it lose. Or do you at least say, oh, shit, my boy Jay Seals will put a parlay in for me? I mean, come on, it, Calvin Ridley. It, de- it, def- it would definitely have been some of that plan. It would definitely <laughs> like, been- like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like, I'm not like, the I, only I, one. I'm not the only one. It's like, no, you're the only one that signed up for fucking DraftKings Sportsbook with your fucking full name and social security card, you <laughs> idiot. Like, what are you doing? Hey, not everybody is meant to be a criminal. He knows it. That's what I'm saying. He should have stayed in college. I mean, fuck. Come on, Calvin. Damn, I, I feel bad because he's a good player. He's a good player, and he's trying yeah. to, like, shake it off. I saw that he put, like, a tweet, like, man, this is harsh. I got one year, but I'm going to come back healthy next year. And it's like... Dude, I don't know if you're going to come back from this. I don't I mean, really I know. Come back from it, obviously, I, I know when you're that when you have that you're that kind of quality of player. Somebody will take a chance on you. Like it just it's just how the league is. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. got to think about all the shit that people have done, and still people will take a chance on. Like yeah. I'm not trying to knock my man Deshaun Watson, but he got 22 counts of <laughs> sexual abuse or whatever else it is. Somebody's going to take a chance on him. So you mean tell me you would take a chance on Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley just because he put down some money? Man, come on now. And he bet on the Falcons on, to win. Man. At least he bet on the Falcons <laughs> to win. Now, if he bet on the Falcons to lose and they got smoked and a bunch of players ended up, like, not playing that game or something like that, then that would look really bad. Uh, I, this is a joke, but I think it's funny. I'd be more disappointed in him if he put money on the Falcons to win because they're trash. I would expect them to lose. <laughs> but I get that he played for them, so I understand <laughs> that. Like, I'm defended with that, but I would never put money on that team. Especially knowing <laughs> I played for them and, I like, I know how bad we are. 
Oh no. <laughs> exactly. You would I guess you couldn't necessarily knock him for putting money on the Falcons to lose. That just goes to show you, like he must not be a sports gambler. He must not. So he's nothing <laughs> like literally. <laughs> Oh, man. What the fuck, Calvin Ridley? I mean, I guess you can't really knock the NFL for doing it because it is so... I don't want to say it's such an egregious offense because I don't really think it is. I mean, shit, the NFL, like, sports gambling is blowing up. I mean, like, you got DraftKings all over the place. You can literally go to a Raiders game and gamble from your seat in the stands as the game's going on. You know? I I think the reason it's suspended so long because if you look at it from this point of view, from, like, look at a fan point of view, right? If you have a player betting on sports, he talks to these players. He knows these players. So yeah. I'm not saying it would influence them, but you can see how that would be a problem. You can't, you can't have that. Yeah. Like you can't yeah, have anybody thinking that, this, especially for gambling, that the deck is stacked and you know what I'm saying? Like you can't have that. Yeah. And to think that all the information is exposed to the public, like it's supposed to be like injury reports and stuff like that. No fucking way. So like if Calvin Ridley is in and out of the trainer's room while he's hurt or whatever, and they're like, yo, yeah, Jake Matthews has a fucking tight hamstring. So we're not going to, we're not going to list it, but you know, we're giving him shots of cortisone and stuff and he's going to play. And it's like, all right, well, Jake might be a little slow on his bucket step, getting out of his stance to protect old Matty Ice this week. And they're fucking going up against, you know, some goons on the defensive line, whoever it may be. I don't know what weeks he bet or anything. None of that came out, but there's definitely an insider's advantage. You know, we try to always say that we uh, cut that out here in America, although it's just reserved for the elite rich bastards, but we at least have to keep the facade alive. If not, it'll be anarchy. So I get where they're coming from that um, with that, um, but it is unfortunate because like you said, you're a sports gambler. I'm a sports gambler. I mean, we do it recreational, Calvin Ridley is a multimillionaire. He only bet 1500 bucks. To me, that sounds like a recreational gamble move, right? It's not like the dude fucking put $10 million on the Falcons to win one of the fucking three games they won this year, you know? Um, if that was the case, then it would be like, what's going on here? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a poor mistake. It's a misjudgment. Um, you know, and I just hope he gets a second chance. That's all I'm hoping for. I like Calvin Ridley. I think he's a hell of a player, so I hope he gets a second chance. Um my next topic is going to be about a guy that's got it in a second chance. Um, top five is, uh, with this being Coach K's last season, not the guy I was talking about with the second chance, uh, with Coach K's last season here and basically gone now with uh, ending on an upset at Cameron to UNC, uh, which I am glad I didn't bet on that game because I definitely wouldn't have picked UNC for that game. Um, where do you put Coach K on a ranking on the all-time college coaches list in the NCAA. Um, and let me refine that a little bit. You know, I'm going to put him at, I'm going to put him at number three. I'm going to put him at number three. But if you just want to pick one person that you'd put ahead of him, that's fine. So I'm only going to pick one person that I would put ahead of him in this argument. And it'd be, it'd be my boy Rick Patino, And that's where I'm going with, with the second chances. Um, I love Rick Patino. I think he's one of the truest college basketball coaches out there I think uh I think he's he's walked a beat on many different campuses and that's what I think puts him above a guy like coach K who stayed in his comfort zone the entire time now I'm not saying coach K should have just fucking quit Duke obviously it doesn't make any sense right and he kept he kept turning winners you know he never went on a long enough losing streak for Duke to say you're fired which is a which is a uh 
accomplishment in its own right, you know, being in the ACC for all these years. Uh, it's tough to do. Um, but Rick Pitino, on the other hand, is the only coach to lead three different teams to the Final Four. Got Providence, Kentucky, and Louisville. All three different conferences, which I think is very impressive as well, right? Totally different lay of the lands, and these are all legit conferences. I mean, you're talking about the SEC, you're talking about the ACC. You're talking about the Big East. You know, I mean, these are big-time conferences. Uh, and then he's the only coach to beat top 10 opponents at four different schools because he beat Alabama last year um, with the Iona Gales, you know? And he's got a chance to maybe, maybe, just maybe this year, take it to four different schools to the Final Four. Not saying it's going to happen or I'd be one of the craziest Final Fours of all time if the Iona Gales end up in there. But you know what? They play Rick Pitino ball. They play full court fucking press all game long. Um, and they try to take smart jump shots and they try to get close looks at the rim and try to pinpoint their biggest athletic advantage and expose you with it. Um, so I won't be surprised if Iona goes on a little run. They're 25-6 and six this year, first in their conference. Uh, they're just kicking off their uh, conference uh, tournament. I think they have a bye week until tomorrow. So I'm going Rick Pitino over Coach K. Um, Jimbo, I want to get your take first on that. Do you put Rick Pitino over Coach K? And then do you put anyone over him? I do not put Rick Pitino over him. Blasphemy! But, um, I, I don't. But um, if I was going to put any coach over him, it would be John Wooden but I didn't see any of that coaching, so can I really realistically use that? True. And he was at UCLA, who was already a respected you know, program when he got there. I'll probably put Coach K at one, because I think without Coach K, Duke does not exist to what they are now. Like, I don't think anybody's wanting to go to Duke if there's not that type of coach there. I mean, he's got the wins, he's got championships, he's got gold medals. I mean, he's done practically anything you can do as a college coach, and he's done it at the same program, and he made it a program that people want to come to, and that's a powerhouse. I don't even I don't even know what Duke was before he got there, but then again, he's been there so long, it's all I've ever seen there. So, <laughs> exactly. But I don't think that they were ever a powerhouse before he got there. They weren't a powerhouse. They weren't even one. a team before then, you know? That's what I'm saying. So he basically created that program and made them a powerhouse, and they stayed a powerhouse all that time. The only reason I wouldn't use Ripatino, I mean, he did some great things. He's a great coach. He was surrounded by scandal a lot of times. And I'm not saying that other teams wasn't doing it, but Rick was always just some shit. I respect it because he's trying to win some games, but it does not look good on the old resume. You shouldn't be at Iona coaching right now being Rick hey, He said you know he saying? doesn't. Rick Jr. should be at Iona, not that. <laughs> He said he doesn't want to be a part of a big school anymore, Jimbo. He wanted to take a small school and make them big time. That's what he said. He's on a man on a. Uh, he's a man on a mission, yeah, Jimbo. Yeah, I, I, I noticed none of that happened until after all the scandal happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Louisville was already like, you're saying they had their program in order. You know, Kentucky had theirs in order. I give him respect. You know, the Providence. I give him respect for what he did to the other organizations. But really, I own it. That's where you want it to be. Come on, now, stop it. Stop it. Okay, valid, valid points, valid I points. I think the only real reason that man wanted to be at Iona is because he can probably have these in practice and nobody will give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I ain't mad at Rick. Rick does some great things. He won some championships. One they took back, but it's still his championship. I'm just saying. You, you got to account for that. You got to be held accountable. Ain't nobody looking at the club, the club receipts up in Iona, wherever Iona's at <laughs> in New York. Nobody's nobody caring where the players are coming from. <laughs> players could do whatever the fuck they want up in Iona. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Valid points, man. But I'll tell you what. I'm hoping Iona Gales take down the Duke Blue Devils in the national championship this year. 
March Madness, baby. Now, I mean, I don't know. I'm just excited. I agree with you. Coach K probably realistically is the number one. Uh, but, I mean, for his sake of debate, I had to go with my boy Rick Pitino. I mean, his resume, his resume has one-of-a-kind kind of accomplishments. And, okay, let me add this caveat to it. If he takes Iona to the Final Four this year, does that make him better than Coach K, or you're still saying nah? I mean, if he can take Iona there, uh, and he did Providence as well, and I, I would definitely—I mean, you can't knock that. You know? Yeah, like I, I mean, said, that's pretty legit. Man. To have a, like, Duke, I mean, what, the real credit I give Coach K is he made Duke a product that sold itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you come here, you're probably going to the league. You're a top talent. You have a chance to win national championship. Exactly. Whereas you go to Iona, you're probably not playing past college, and you're probably going to be a <laughs> Accountant or something. So if he can get those accountants into the, into the big dance, hey, I get nothing but respect, man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how we'll see what Rick can do. Um, but I mean, and and just from a basketball resume, I respect Rick Pitino. I mean, he won that damn Greece championship with that band of misfits that he went over and started coaching like they were the worst team in the league the year before, and then they won the fucking championship. Rick Pitino's that full court press, man. I'm telling you, it's legendary. It's legendary. But you're right, man. I mean, like Coach K has coached so many legends, and all the players that he's ever coached have nothing but the highest regard to hold him to, you know, and most of them are stellar examples. You know, there's not too many scumbags after they leave Duke. I mean, there's a, there's a few misfits like, uh, honestly, like Zion Williamson. I feel like that guy, I don't know what that guy's deal is. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother debate. That's a whole nother debate on what the hell Zion Williamson is up to. But if you look for the most part, I mean, he's coached so many NBA talents and products, you look for the most part, um, yeah, he's done a good job. And I saw an interesting post um, when Seth Curry and Kyrie played their first game together. It was their first time since they played together at Duke. And they showed, like, an old-school picture of, like, Ky- even though Kyrie only played, like, two or three games that year before he got hurt or whatever at Duke. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, they showed a player then. I was like, holy shit, man, I forgot those two fools went to Duke. Um, but. Damn, I mean, that could have been a squad. Imagine if Kyrie doesn't get hurt and you got Kyrie and Seth Curry fucking rolling through March Madness. You better watch out. Um, but yeah, man, I can I can respect that, and I definitely I definitely don't want to necessarily just knock Coach K at number one. Uh, but I'm going with Rick just for the sake of debate. Uh, but I'm all right with that. Yeah, you know I'm, I'm okay with that. We can live with that. Um, but this would not be press coverage sports without ending the show with bump and run. All right, Bump and Run is brought to you by Sweet Fuel Protein Bars. It's a persistence foods company that provides you with the best tasting protein bars and products on the market. You definitely, definitely got to try the brand new Chili Mango Energy Protein Bites that are available at Persistence Culture Facilities and online. Hit up Instagram, DM Persistence Culture, figure out a way to get your taste buds on these new Chili Mango products from uh, Sweet Fuel by Joel. It is absolutely epic. All right, Jimbo, bump and run style. I wanted old school, tough, like Ronnie Lott up on the line on me right now. What you got? All right. I'm going to go with this one just because we, you know, saying we have some quarterback moving mm-hmm. uh, the last couple of days. So I'm going to start with this one. Where would you like to see Deshaun Watson go? And wherever he goes, what team that you pick does he instantly make a Super Bowl contender? Ooh. I love this question. I freaking love this question right now. Man, I'm only going to take a second. Uh, If I had to pick a spot for Deshaun Watson to go, 
I would probably pick the Indianapolis Colts because I feel 100% like agree. I feel like I feel like he would instantly make them a Super Bowl contender, and they have just enough overhead to give some young players back to the Texans where they feel like they're not getting ripped off, right? Because that's the thing, right? If we're going to talk about where Deshaun Watson is going to go, it's like, how's he going to get there? They're not going to give him up for a pack of chewing gum at this point. They've held on to his ass for so long now. It's like now he's finally allowed to play. They're going to want something back. So I could see I could see like an, uh, an Eric Armstead uh, and uh, – and uh, what's the backup running back to uh, Taylor right now? He's I'm 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 losing a blank. Yeah, exactly. Uh, him, Eric Armstead, first round picks, and shit. Throw it's just throwing throwing Michael Pittman too. You know, another wide receiver or something, or T or maybe old school T Y Hilton. Whatever you got to put a package together like that. You know, so you're gonna lose some pieces, or maybe even Darius Leonard. You know, if you if you want to give up Leonard more, I feel like. I feel like giving up a dominant D tackle in Armstead is riskier than giving up a really good linebacker like uh, Williams or Leonard. I mean, Leonard. So, I mean, maybe give up Darius Leonard too. I mean, so that frees up a bunch of cap space. You draft a young, young middle linebacker with your second round pick. And now you got Deshaun Watson and Jonathan Taylor. You just got the main thing. You got to keep Deshaun Watson. You got to keep Jonathan Taylor. You got to keep the O line and then you figure the rest out. Cause there's a ton of wide receivers again in this draft. There's a ton of wide receivers. So it's like, if they're interested in Pittman or T.Y. Hilton or all of them, fucking trade the whole wide receiving core, get Deshaun Watson. And I think that instantly makes you a Super Bowl contender. You're in arguably the shittiest or shittiest division. Uh, the only problem is you are still in the AFC murderer's row. But, I mean, is it really murderer's row? I mean, you go over the NFC. Actually, no. You know what? You go over the NFC. It gets a lot easier. Uh, so, never mind. I withdraw that debate. Um, yes, you're in the AFC, which is going to be tough. But there's at least a path forward because there's all those teams, but all those teams are beatable. You know, none of those teams have like just established dominance where it's like, well, no one's ever going to beat the Bills. Well, no one's ever going to beat the Chiefs. No one's ever going to beat the Bengals. The Bengals are the team that's still like the wild card. They kind of, they, they, they got to puff up their peacock feathers this year in the AFC. It's like, what are they going to do? They're going to need to find offensive linemen and things like that. And so they're no guarantee that they're going to be any better than they were this year. And this year, I feel like they got lucky. I mean, Joe Burrow got sacked more in the playoffs than five different quarterbacks did all year long. I thought that was one of the most shocking stats of the year. Joe Burrow got sacked more in the playoffs more than five quarterbacks got sacked all fucking year long. So it's like they're no guarantee that they're going to go back to the Super Bowl. Um, so my pick would have to be the Colts. That's where I'd go with that one, Jimbo. Yeah, the Colts would be my first pick. The only thing that I would do differently or disagree on, the only two pieces I would not be willing to give up would be Darius Leonard and Jordan Taylor. Anybody else you can have. I don't even know I like their arm set, but I don't think he's going to make or break the team. Man, but he's a goon, um, though, man. He gets after him. When you watch that game, but, I mean, he's the reason Darius Leonard's so free, Darius though. Darius Leonard is like a top, what, top three or four or five linebacker. I mean, it's not like Aaron Armstead, it's Aaron Donald. I don't know. He's up there, though. He's he's. I mean, if you watch the film, he's he's keeping a lot of these fucking guards and centers off of Leonard, so he could fly around and make plays. If you if you ask me, I mean, he could be wrong. Maybe just get another fat motherfucker up there and just like let him eat up a block. But <laughs> so I'm saying, I mean, I, he has he had value with San Francisco. I had no problem getting rid of him. They, like, that is true. That is true. So they gave him up. So I mean, clearly if he was as dominant as we still is, or maybe they just couldn't afford him. They would just like, all right, we'll get rid of him and we'll keep the other cat. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's a good I mean, point. 
I'm just saying, I, I'm not getting rid of Darius Leonard because, I mean, he's been there from the beginning. He's still at an elite level, and I, I just, I'm not see that. I'd have to see that one out. Yeah, uh, I the only that. team I, I pick uh, over the Colts, and, you know, might be a little biased or whatever. Minnesota Vikings. Oh, you put them on the Vikings, they're going to be legit, too. The only, because that would allow them to focus on fixing the defense, which has been the problem like the last three seasons, because you've got the offensive pieces there, so your offense is set. Now, who would you be willing to give up? I'd be willing to give up maybe, you know, Adam Thielen, you know, maybe a, a Madison or somebody like that, a legitimate good backup. We don't know what he'd be in a starter role, but when he has started, he, he's ran well. Um, I'd give them anybody damn near off defense, anybody. I think maybe the only person I might not give them off the defense maybe would just be maybe Harrison Smith at best, but anybody off the defense. Yeah, but know. Harrison Smith's old, though. What if they say, what if no, they I'm say saying, I want, saying, what if they say I, 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 I want Dalvin Cook, I want Dalvin Cook. Here, here's here's my I proposal. I Harrison Smith is, I don't know what they, if they want the contract because they just re-signed him or extended him last year. So yeah. I don't know if they would take that because of the money. Ah, they just, I don't even have talent anymore. They're getting rid of Deshaun Watson. They got plenty of money. You know what I'm saying? So how about this package? They want mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook. They want Harrison Smith. They want Adam Thielen. And they want two first-round picks. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. That is a lot because the the, the problem with Deshaun Watson still is is like a the dude hasn't played football for a year. He hasn't and played football for longer, a year. So it's like results come out from his face probably gonna be longer. Yeah, it's like it's like so. Who knows what he is? I don't know. They're saying that he's going to be off the commissioner's list at the end of this year. They're saying that he'll be ready to but, play but for week one. But whatever happens, but whatever happens, I guarantee he'll probably get suspended again. I don't know because it's not a criminal case. It's not a criminal case. It's all. It's not all. Criminal case yet. <laughs> I don't think they. I don't think they're allowed to. Oh, oh, I don't think you're allowed to go like from. He listens to his lawyer and he <laughs> pleads the fifth. He does not get into a criminal case. <laughs> I don't know. I think. I think. I think you're not allowed to go from civil to criminal. I think once you file like a civil lawsuit, you can't all of a sudden say, "Nah, I feel like it was a crime." Now, I think. I think. Th- <laughs> I think there's a rule against that. I could be wrong. I, I never passed the bar, um, but I didn't either. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. To me, to me, I'd almost be willing to pull the trigger on that for the Vikings. I mean, they got to be desperate. Um, oh, wait, is Kirk Cousins under contract next year? Uh, unfortunately, yes, and he counts forty-five million dollars. Oh God, they ain't gonna they ain't gonna want his ass. Then never mind. That's what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, realistically, <laughs> I know did you say forty-five? So did you say forty-five million? Forty. He's owed forty-five million dollars. Oh my God. Year. You like that, Kirk Cousins? God <laughs> damn. This is why, like, every time he gets to this point of his contract, <laughs> they're like, extend him, or I say let him play out his contract and then start from scratch. Oh, boy. And you stand him in, like, I don't know what these coaches think. I know he's got a relationship with uh, O'Connell, the new uh, head coach, yeah. but I don't know what these guys are seeing where they're like, we can put the stuff around him and he can get us to the Super Bowl. He's not even winning in the playoffs. So what makes you think that he's going to get you to a Super Bowl? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Vikings so in a tough spot. Out, and then you got to do. Vikings are in a tough spot. But I would yeah. like to see him on the Vikings. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Um, yeah, we'll see. One of the intriguing storylines of the NFL that we'll be following, uh, Jimbo, as we said, we're getting into conference championships, which means our Selection Sunday special is soon upon us. So uh, for all the PC familiar members and sports fanatics around the world out there listening, 
Uh, Jimmy and myself will be back as soon as the brackets come out. Uh, we will try to get it to you ahead of time so you can help fill out your brackets, hopefully by the knowledgeable words and wisdom that we drop on you as soon as the seeding is done. Uh, we're going to record on the Monday after Selection Sunday, and we'll get it uploaded um, so you can uh, tune in and kind of help you build that bracket so you win whatever challenge you're in. And if you need to find challenges to get into, whether it's for free or for cash, we'll give you ideas on that as well. Um, so it's going down. Um, if you are a Persistence Culture Familia member, I'm going to be running a I'm going to be running a bracket challenge uh, for both facilities, Moore Park and Ventura, and anybody that wants to get a hold of me on uh, on Instagram. So it's coming, Jimbo. That's the next special. Uh, we just got done the CrossFit uh, Games and Open special. So if you guys haven't listened to that. Go back in the timeline a little bit and check it out. Jimbo, uh, I'm gracious for your time today, and thanks for joining us here on uh, Press Coverage, man. Always a pleasure. Can't wait to be back soon. Hell yeah, man. All right, this has been another great episode of Press Coverage Sports brought to you by Persistence Media. And like we always say here at PC, baby, keep moving.